Welcome to Toddler Toolkit Podcast, the ultimate parenting guide tailored for the unique challenges of raising twins, multiple kids, or little ones close in age. Hi, I'm Heather, master's in education and proud twin mama of busy toddlers. You might have tried advice tailored for one child, but that's not our journey, right? With a decade of teaching experience under my belt, I've seen it all from toddlers to teenagers in the classroom. Now, as a parent to two toddlers, I'm experiencing the flip side of the coin. So whether you have two under two or just looking for tips that work in tandem, you're in the right place. Let's unlock the secrets to understanding toddler behavior, preventing meltdowns, and raising intuitive, resilient children who listen in two seconds. Hello, parents. I'm so excited today to introduce you to Misty Hughes. She is a lovely leader and a celebration coach and gratitude guide. She's a seasoned mom of four adult kids and she's a grateful Grammy of six. She loves to educate, inspire, and mentor young moms who are seeking to discover how to walk as women of excellence. She believes every woman is created a leader, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her today. So, hi, Misty. How are you? Welcome. Thank you, Heather. It's good to be here. Awesome. So, you were a single mom. Tell us about that because you had four kids. Uh, tell us about what was it like being a single mom and the fact that you had four kids. And we are super curious the age gap on that. Okay. So uh, when I became a single mom, they were age two to 13. And so yeah, it was in the early, or in the late nineties when that happened. And it was messy and wonderful. <laughs> okay, so, so from two to thirteen, so were some of your kids closer in age? Did you have any closer or were they all like a few years apart? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um so my two oldest were girls and they were 18 months apart. And then, so that's pretty close. And then, uh, the next one was four years after that. And then the next one was four years after that. And the two youngest were boys. And I should also add that at the time I became a single mom, I was homeschooling. So, um, add that to the, the mix of, oh no, now, now what do we do about education and things like that. So there were a lot of of learning curves in those early years of that journey. Wow. So, yeah. So so your first two your girls were practically Irish twins. They were they were born very close together. Very yeah. close together wow, and incredible. they were, you know. Yeah. So they were hitting the adolescent stage when when um yeah our life took a took a turn oh um so i know i'm going to ask you more about that in a little bit but i'm curious what you mean by what do you mean by your life took a turn well i guess we were on or i felt we were on a trajectory of okay mom and dad raising the kids and and you know having the home and y- yeah just just, I guess what in my day and age, what we imagined 
uh, home to be about mom, dad, all the Mm -hmm. kids and everything. And so that was, that was pretty much life. And, you know, I felt like we were partnering in raising the kids. And then my, my husband decides he has another plan for his life. And so he, he leaves. And so our lives take a drastic turn of, you know, just trying to figure out what family looks like at that point, you know, because oftentimes I heard the phrase, you know, we're broken, we're broken family. And so I, I, didn't want to be that. I didn't want that to be our identity. So to really have to figure out, okay, what does family look like now? Uh, you know, it was different than what I had anticipated or what I thought. And so, yeah, so we had to shift, turn, uh, navigate, you know, figure it out, go on that journey. So yeah. Wow. Wow, that is a lot of change and a lot that you took on considering you said you also homeschooled and then you had four kids. Wow. Yeah. That that yeah. that is so much. Yeah, um yeah. that 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 does sound like very overwhelming and so I'm curious to hear like, you know, how your journey changed from from that point when you, this was not your plan essentially to mm-hmm. um yeah. Moving forward, you know, how did you how did you do that? Was it just a little bit at a time or was it like you just had to do something and you just did it? Yeah. Yeah. And and Heather, I know we're speaking to a lot of young moms today and mm-hmm. um you know, this this is my story, but we all in our families have yeah. unexpected things happen that we have so that aren't necessarily where we were headed or, um, you know, tragedies that happen, deaths, um, you know, unexpected moves, job losses, things like that. So, so I am thrilled to share my story and how I navigated the change and all the messiness and everything of that. But I, I want, I want to honor your listeners' stories too. I want to honor that we all experience the unexpected and it's a part of our stories. And so, so I say all that to say, I forget your question now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, when all these changes happened to you, did you take things in that situation that you got catapulted into? Did you take things kind of like one step at a time? Because that's a lot of change. Or were yeah. you just kind of like, no, just put put on the full superhero suit and just go? Like, like how was that transition yeah. for you? Yeah. Okay. Um, so let me paint a little picture of of what I think I felt you know, as I've looked back on that time and season, I felt like our family got hit by a train, that the kids and I were in a car and we got hit by this train. And I woke up 
one morning and I was in the emergency room, bright lights shining down on me, the doctors looking over me saying, is she going to live? And so I just felt like, you know, I could live or die emotionally, um, spiritually, you know, I'm not talking physically, I'm talking more emotionally. And as a mom, which your mom and your listeners are mom, we are fiercely in love with our children. Yes. And, um, and sometimes the fact that our kids need us is the only thing that might get us out of bed in the morning. And so I was in this state of shock, devastation, uh, trauma. And all I could think about was my kids were experiencing the same shock, devastation, and trauma, only they're kids. They don't have the mental capability of processing through the pain and trauma that I did. And so what I decided, what I figured out in that, in those early days was if I am not well, I cannot lead my children into wellness or wholeness. If I am, if I don't know how to manage my pain, if I don't know how to navigate grief, I am going to be no good to my children. It will be the broken leading the broken, and they'll grow up broken adult. And I wanted my children to have a, a better foundation, I guess, than what I had had when I became a parent. And so, so I went. I I went on that journey of healing and restoration for my own soul, um, in hopes that that would help my children. And so that is a process, and that takes time. Um, so it wasn't. Uh, I didn't put on my Superman cape and say I am invincible. I more or less said, I am a mess <laughs> and I know it. Yeah. And everyone else knows it too. So that's where I started. That's incredible. And I, I just love how you said that because that takes the pressure off of so many moms or other parents to not have to put on some kind of, you know, superhero outfit and be all these things that that we can be real and authentic. And I love how you shared your authentic story. That's, yeah. that's so incredible. And so this is really interesting because it ties into some of the, you know, the things that moms are going through right now. So I know that you are a coach that supports moms. And so moms in this day and age, they're, they're trying to run their own businesses or they're, they're going to work or they're, they're doing so much, never mind that motherhood is a full-time job. So they're getting in the cycle of getting burned out. And this this balancing act that's that's trying to happen that's just not happening. And and I found this it, very interesting. I was just listening to uh, an interview with Dr. Aditi, and she talks about burnout. And she said there's two different types of burnout, which I didn't know. Um, she said there's the disengaged time, like you're burned out, so you're disengaged. Everything is a lot and overwhelming for you. But there's also the type of burnout that is 
you're unable to unplug. So you're constantly checking your phone. You're constantly checking your work emails. You're not able to go to sleep at night. Um, you're constantly trying to do motherhood tasks like laundry, cleaning around the house, and you're not able to stop unplug. And there's all these societal pressures. So this, this burnout is, can be really huge. And while I see that there are two different types, it also seems like in motherhood, I can see aspects of both that I have experienced myself. And I'm sure other moms do too, where in some ways we're disengaging from things like self-care or things that we normally would do to take care of ourselves. And in other ways, we're not able to unplug from being a mom and from our job and to just take care of ourselves. So what insights do you, because you've been through, you just told us, you know, you were on the table with the bright lights and you went through all of that sudden change and you were hit with all that. So because you have that experience, you're going to be able to really give us some amazing insight. And so, you know, what insights do you have for us here? What did you learn from being a single mom that, that could help us moms right now? Yeah, um, hopefully a lot, right? Um, so I think one of the things that I would like to present to you is the idea of soul care as opposed to self care. Okay. Okay. So maybe we could, we could start with, with defining that. Like when I think of self-care, I think of me, 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 I, 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 right? What I need, what I need. And self-care doesn't negate self-care. But I think for me, soul care is a deeper place. Soul care is, is tending to my soul, which I think was probably what all my years of counseling was about. It was tending to my soul so I could engage relationships from a different place. So I could engage conflict from a different place. It wasn't the bubble bath. Now that was a part of it. <laughs> um, you know, those things that I needed. Um, you know, one thing I did was I was, a, I was single and not in relationships. And so I got regular massages because I needed healthy touch. And so it was not just about what I, I, I needed that made me feel good. It was what I needed to be, be the best mom I could be and to, to have the capacity to give to my children from an overflowing cup instead of uh, a place of depletion all the time. So so that terminology, I, I kind of like to think about it just a little bit different, if that's okay. And so so I did. I, I think I tended to what was going to help me, empower me, develop me to be a better, mom and human being, what was going to heal my heart. And so it meant time in the morning to myself, 
which is totally unheard of for moms, but that time may only be five minutes. Um, but over the years, I've met many, many moms whose children wake them up in the morning. And so when, when we come into the morning with our children waking us up, I, I believe we're setting a precedence for the day of our children being in charge and not us being in charge. And so there were just, I think, little things like that throughout my journey that it was a step by step. This cares for my soul, but it's also caring for the well being of our family. And so there were just, I guess, like I said, little things that I incorporated into my life. And another thing that I felt like, was like, oh, this is a brilliant idea, Misty, type of thing, was um, I also felt like if I didn't honor some things about myself, uh, what I valued or thought was important, and these were little things like good shampoo and good coffee, Okay. So these were just little things that I said, I value these things. And if I didn't take the time to say, I value them, therefore they're important. So I'm going to do these things. Then I couldn't expect my kids to value or respect me either. Does that make sense? It's it's kind of this thing. So so as moms, we're like, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to take care of my kids, I've got to take care of my husband, da 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 da. da. But I, I I it's kind of like we're a breeding ground for entitlement for developing families that and children that are entitled. And I'm not saying don't do those things at all. But we have to realize our value and our worth as beautiful, lovely women and say, you know, it's okay if I, I value myself. So I'm going to drink good coffee. <laughs> I'm not going to get Maxwell House. <laughs> <laughs> You're worth it. find another place. <laughs> and so, so, and again, it's like, if I can't do that for myself, why would I ever expect a husband to? Why would I ever expect my children to? Why would I ever expect others to? If I, if I can't say okay to this for me, then I can't demand that or even hope for that from others. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I think how we treat ourselves, yeah, how we treat ourselves, our kids do know that they can pick up on it because I've heard um, stories of parents say like they're holding it all in, their kids don't know. But I think kids are highly intuitive. They do know and they are observing a lot of things, even at a young age, and that continues to develop as they get older. And I think that's super important. And I think when you do things for yourself, you are showing up for yourself, which builds confidence and trust. 
And that that totally makes sense to me. And I love how you said soul care. I've never heard of that before, but I, I think that's a great way to say it because that's more inclusive to other types of taking care of yourself where Mm -hmm. a bubble bath, yeah, that is, if you're making that into your routine, it makes you feel better. That is great because that is part of the process. But the soul care goes on on a deeper level. And I personally connect with that because I had a lot of challenges in my first year, maybe year and a half of motherhood until I started doing things, which you probably would say, would be a part of soul care where I started looking at mm. some of my, you know, like whether it's journaling or being more reflective, becoming more self-aware. And I was realizing I had, you know, I was struggling with advocating for myself. So I always use that example. So if I don't work on this skill for myself and I was expecting others to do it for me and, and that's not going to work. So it's exactly like you said, whether it's good coffee or advocating for yourself, if you don't do that for yourself, then, you know, is your partner going to be advocating for you when you need that time mm-hmm. away from the kids? Probably not. So it, it starts, it all starts with the self. So a hundred percent. Good. Yeah. Hi, parents. Welcome to the winter toddler meltdown workshop. If you have not seen the workshop yet, I have it available to you. All you need to do is go to twinmomroadmap.com backslash workshop or check the link in the show notes. We are going to go over the three steps to less meltdowns this winter, and you'll get my happy winter toddler routine plus some fun and creative indoor play ideas that will last all winter. It is hard in the winter to not solely just rely on screens. I totally get it. I have two toddlers myself, but it is really great to have some other tools in our toolbox besides screen time. So if you're interested in getting your kids off screen a little bit more and having a more regulated and happy toddler to bring more calm and joy into your home, check the link for the show notes and watch the Winter Toddler Meltdown Workshop. So now some of us, we feel like we have like all of our ducks in a row, right? We're doing like all the things, right? Maybe we are doing self-care or soul care, or we are doing some of these things, but we still have things (laughs) come our way, Um, like sicknesses and flus. Uh, Sometimes we're getting poor sleep. Maybe a baby toddler's waking up and it's, you know, it's just, it's part of motherhood. And uh, it can be a lot to manage with the different developmental stages. We have meltdowns and behaviors and you have multiple kids. I know you had Irish twins and I have actual twins. So that dynamic is is like a, whoa, an interesting dynamic. But what advice do you have for us if we're one of those moms that feels like we do have all of our ducks in a row, but we're still struggling? Yeah, life happens, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I think um Heather the the reality is I have this mantra I think Michael Hyatt says it what doesn't get scheduled doesn't get done. And so life is going to happen. That's real. That's true. But as really busy overextended women 
moms, wives, all the hats. If we don't learn to schedule in that time with a coach, um, it's often easier to schedule it in if we're meeting with someone else type thing, you know, especially at the onset than scheduling in journaling time. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of journaling, but I'm also, the reality is I'm not going to do it unless I'm meeting someone and we're going to journal together. (laughs) (laughs) I need that external accountability to, um, make sure that I follow through on that. So, so moms, you know yourself. And if you are really good at keeping true to your commitment to yourself, then do it. But if you tend to navigate like me, then, you know, make an appointment, do something. So I say all that, that was long. I say all that to say, we have got to build a reservoir of energy or, or what's the word? We've got to, we've got to fill our bucket. We've got to fill our cistern and we have to do it when things are going well, because we don't know what tomorrow brings and we want to be able to have something to draw from. We don't want to draw from an empty reservoir. We don't want to draw from an empty bucket. We want to draw from a overflowing cup. And so, so yeah, so we need to build and store up in times of peace. So, um, I love can that. I, can I share a, a visual image for you? If I had my picture, I would show you. I, I use this picture a lot when I, when I teach women, but, um, my kids and I went to Israel for three weeks in 2008, I think. And, um, and we went to this, this, uh, fort, I think it was Nimrod's fort or something like that, but you could see the wall around the fort and some of it was all fit together very nicely. And other times there were just rocks that were shoved in place. And we read something that the the fit together stones were done during times of peace. And the 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 rocks that were just shoved in the wall were done during times of war and battle. And you could tell during times of peace that wall was going to stand the test of time, right? But where we just shove the rocks in, we're just trying to get get it done. That's the weak areas. And so I just want to encourage moms, especially if you've got the capacity to build and strengthen yourself during those calmer times, during that that season of calmness, because stuff's going to happen. Life's going to happen. And so, um, yeah, that's just a visual I like to fall back on. I love that visual. And that really helps kind of cement it, that idea in our mind, because even if we do feel like we have everything right now 
together, our ducks in a row, so to speak, it, it does just take one thing to throw it off. Um, because often as moms, we have just so much on our plate. So I love how you said, schedule it during peaceful times, uh, plan for it, schedule it, be proactive, and um, don't don't wait for the the flu to go through the family <laughs> to to have the right. th- yeah. that plan. I, I love that. Yeah, that is so true. And uh, I think that creates a stronger bond, not just like for the plan, but for the family unit itself. So that's yeah, extraordinary. Because you you have that you have that plumb line to come back to. You know, when as everyone starts to get better again, you you have that true north for your family. You have that place of peace for your own heart your own soul, you have that place to come back to if you've built that. That's beautiful. I love that. So I hear a lot in motherhood that it's either, I've heard I heard a few different things and I see it around a lot. And uh, either that motherhood is a season or that motherhood has seasons. It has different seasons. I'm curious what your thoughts and philosophy on the kind of the seasons concept is. Yeah. So um, I do believe life has different seasons. Um, If you look back over your life, you can say, oh, that was definitely a spring season. Oh, that was a winter season. And so I do believe our lives have different seasons. I don't believe motherhood's a season. I will always be a mom. I will. Yeah. It's, it's not going to change. And so I think what changes is how I show up as mom to my kids in the different seasons of their life. And so as a mom, I have to be discerning of their seasons. And, um, you know, I heard, I, ju- I just heard a podcast today. Uh, and they explained it this way. It was really neat. It said, you know, at the beginning of our children's lives, we are their caretakers, right? We are taking care of them. Uh, at some point in life, you know, as they grow, we become their coach. We help them discover. We ask them questions. We, you know, but we're there. We're present. We haven't left. And then, as they reach adulthood, early adulthood, we become their counselor where we, we are uh, available to them. We stay in that place, but we don't force them to do what we're saying is best. We are just there like a counselor is. We have to seek out a counselor for ourselves. And so we, but, but we don't ever, ever stop being their mom. And, um, yeah. So, so in the motherhood, it, it, I'm not even, I can't think of the word right now, but it just, it transforms, it changes, it transforms, but the core stays the same. But you're, I love how you said, um, the counselor, because it's, it's Mm -hmm. more, uh, it's a, it's a slightly, it's still mother it's still being mom and motherhood but it's just a slightly mm-hmm. changed dynamic between mother and child as they grow yeah yeah 
And um, I, I realized this, I think, when my girls were teenagers. I had older friends. But I saw that then not only are we mother to our kids, that as they grow, then we become mother to their spouses as well, <laughs> right? It was like, yeah. oh, I thought this got easier. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to say it doesn't necessarily get easier. It just changes. <laughs> the challenges change. <laughs> That's true. That's true because, yeah, you 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 uh you get you gain new family members even before you ha- you might have uh grandchildren so it's that's a whole different yeah. perspective as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i love that that's that's funny but yeah so um that is really all inspiring to us and i agree with you i think motherhood is not just a season and i love how you described it so i'm going to i'm going to start using that when i when i'm talking <laughs> so you are a coach and i love that you call yourself a celebration coach and can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you to be this a celebration coach and i know you also say a gratitude guide Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Just a little bit about me personally. I am, I am, uh, a dreamer, a visionary, and I'm always looking for the next, right? Uh, the next idea or the way to improve a relationship or the way to make something better. And so, That can be a little exhausting and taxing for people in my life that don't think the way I do. So I've had to learn. And again, this is that growth that we talk about, the development of who we are as women of excellence. I've had to learn to take in and enjoy the moments. And I truly believe in the power of moments. You know, like I said, I can easily get wrapped up in what's next. What's the next greatest thing? What's the next adventure? What, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, and I can lose the moment. And I love this quote from Kung Fu Panda. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And so who doesn't love to open a present, right? And so to celebrate and to be in the moment, it is such a gift. And I love to empower, encourage, equip busy moms who are always thinking about that pile of laundry or how we can do something better or regretting what happened yesterday. So I love to help us all learn how to enjoy and relax and celebrate the moment, the gift of today, and to be present in today while still navigating yesterday and tomorrow. And so, yeah. And so, so that's why I love that idea of celebrating and 
anybody who knows me knows I like to throw glitter or do whatever to, um, yeah, make it a party. (laughs) That is so much fun. (laughs) Go glitter. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I, I think like, yeah, it's super important being present. And, um, if there's things that are keeping us from being present, like we are feeling, uh, we're kind of like ruminating in our head or guilt or being stuck in the past or certain things holding us back from the present. But when we can figure that out and we can be present, it does really help with the things we were talking about earlier, like the the burnout and the overwhelming mm-hmm. or kind of wishing a season away, uh, a part of our motherhood journey away um, because we're just wait, waiting for that future one that we think might be easier. But in reality, it's just going to have its own challenges. It's just going to be different. And uh, so I love how you said the present because that is where we are right now. Yeah. And I'm enjoying it. It's a yes. gift to be here with you today. <laughs> it is a gift. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Yeah. Yeah. That, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, how can we find out more about you, Misty? Where can our listeners go to uh, ch- check more about you and all your, your glitter and your gratitude and celebration? And all, all the fun things I have going yes. on, right? And all the yeah. fun things. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like to have fun. So, um, so I, uh, they can find me on, you know, my, my website and it's lead herministries.com. And uh, I also have a Facebook page. In, I'm on Instagram. Um, it's Lead Her Coaching um, instead of Ministries. And then I have a wonderful Facebook group called Radiant Moms. And so they can look for Radiant Moms too. And there's more interaction on that group. And we can chat a little bit more and get to know each other more there. So, yeah. That's amazing. Misty, you were such a bright light. And thank you for sharing your struggles and also all your gifts with us. And there's just so much to learn from everything you shared with us today. So thank you so much. We will link all of uh, your important links in the show notes of the podcast. All right. Thank you so much, Misty. Heather, thanks for having me. It's been a delight. Bye. Bye. And that wraps up another episode filled with tools and insights to help your parenting journey have clarity and ease. Remember, every child is unique, and so is our experience, especially when there's more than one. Keep celebrating those small victories and learning along the way. I'm Heather, your Twin Mama Guide, and until next time, here's to raising skilled, self-regulated toddlers who listen, learn, and love. Take care and see you soon.